Coming up on Stu Does America, Brian Sack takes on CRT in the schools. Protesters flood the White House lawn in support of Cuban freedom and a look at professional athletes and why some of them are vaccine hesitant. The reason why isn't as outlandish as you might think. Let's investigate and do athletes versus vaccines. Stu Does America. You know, there's some people in our society that are just lower than the lowest low. Just revolting creatures. The worst people among us. I hate all of them. You know who I'm talking about, of course. People who are anti-vaxxers. Okay? Let me tell you about those people. I am absolutely sick and tired of all this vaccine skepticism. So let's just say there's a vaccine that is approved and even distributed before the election. Would you get it? Well, I think that's gonna be an issue for all of us. If and when the vaccine comes, and it's not likely to go through all the tests that needs to be and the trials that are needed to be done. Mm. When we finally do, God willing, get a vaccine, who's gonna take the shot? Mm. Who's gonna take the shot? Yeah. You can be the first one to say, put me, sign me up. They now say it's okay. And the question of whether it's real when it's there, that requires enormous transparency. You got to make all of it available to other experts across the nation so they can look and see. So there's consensus, this is a safe vaccine. If the president announced tomorrow we have a vaccine, would you take it? Only if it was completely transparent that other experts in the country could look at it. Only if we knew all of what went into it. If Donald Trump can't give answers and administration can't give answers to these three questions, the American people should not have confidence. But if Donald Trump tells us I should t- that we should take it, I'm not taking it. Mm, there you go, you damn anti-vaxxers. I can't believe it. This is what the media and the left uh, always is doing. They, they ask all of these questions and they know the answers to all of them. Um, look, this is what they sort of live for at this point. Let me give you a couple examples of this, this hypocritical nonsense. And you will see here that what they want is the narrative. They don't want the reality here. This is a story from uh, this, this weekend. Headline, California man who said he had 99 problems but a vax ain't one dies from COVID-19. This is what the left and the media love to do. This is, got, this is not a public figure, not a big pro- public profile. He had like 250 followers on social media. And they take this opportunity, and when I say his, uh, this opportunity, I mean the man's death to dunk on him and show that he didn't care about science. Uh, let's just prove to America that these anti-science bastards may very well just die and like, while like they could frame it in a way that it's sad and we're sad that we lost that person, are they? Are they really? Because whatever the media narrative is, they just search around, they look for regular people that they can dunk on to prove their point instead of feeling any level of, of, of solidarity with them and their story. Well, when the narrative was Trump supporters think COVID is a hoax, we got this masterpiece. I always will remember this one from the New York Times. A beloved bar owner was skeptical about the virus. Then he took a cruise. Now, if you follow the whole story, he, of course, dies. At no point is there any evidence that he got the virus on a cruise. They just tell you he went on a cruise, which is strange. But where is the compassion in any of this? To be clear, the left does not care if you are vaccinated. 
That's, a, that's something I think that's bouncing around conservative circles right here. The left wants to get you vaccinated. The president wants to get you vaccinated. The media wants to get, the vac get you vaccinated. To be clear, they do not care if you are vaccinated. They certainly do not care if you get COVID. Way too many of them like when this happens because they get to write these stories where they're dunking on all the victims. If, if the left, if, if Biden, if Joe Biden, if Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. really cared about vaccinating Republicans, for example, if, in your telling, people on the right suddenly, suddenly started saying good things about the vaccine to their audiences. All these talk show hosts suddenly are coming out and saying good things about the vaccines. What would you do? You'd encourage them, right? You'd want that to continue. You'd want them to almost feel rewarded for doing it, right? Here's Joe Biden on Friday. You know, I know folks are watching the number of cases rising again and are wondering what it means for them. Well, here's the truth. If you're fully vaccinated, you're safer with a higher degree of protection. But if you're not vaccinated, you are not protected. And now, what we have now is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. And by the way, you know that old expression, you notice a lot of our very conservative friends have finally had an older call. They've seen the Lord, whether it's on Fox Laughter. News or whether it's the most conservative commentators or governors. Thank God the governor of Arkansas, excuse me, of, of Alabama had one of the lowest vaccination rates in the country. Goes on to talk about how, uh, you know, she was uh, talking about the unvaccinated and, and how uh, they need to be blamed here. But listen to what he, the, what the framing there. He's making his audience and Terry McAuliffe, the idiot sitting behind him, laugh. Let's laugh at those Republicans because they are now coming out and, and having an altar call. They're seeing the light. If you actually care, would you do that? The last thing you would do is mock people on the right for promoting the vaccine if you actually cared about the people's health. Instead, they care about the talking point. This, of course, also ignores the idea that black and Hispanics are the most vaccine hesitant, not whites. And Trump lost Latinos by, or should I say, Latinx voters, as uh, Joe Biden would put it, lost Latino voters by 33 points and blacks by 75 points. These are not people who are the foundation of MAGAism. Most people have their minds made up right now. And this is why this gets so agonizing. You're hearing the same talking points you're hearing getting you're getting berated by the left. You're getting berated by the media over this thing. And most people have their minds made up. There's a, people in the, somewhere in the middle that can be persuaded, perhaps. But one group that is trying uh, very hard to actually get a specific minority group vaccinated is the National Football League. The NFL is trying to force people to do it uh, really by peer pressure more than anything else. The league is about 75% vaccinated already, which is a pretty high number. I mean, it's much higher than the public as a whole. You don't have to get vaccinated if you're an NFL player, but they will basically make your life miserable if you don't. Here's a quote from the, from the memo the league put out. If a game cannot be rescheduled within the current 18-week schedule and is canceled due to a COVID outbreak among non-vaccinated players on one of the competing teams, the club with the outbreak will forfeit the contest. I mean, they're actually threatening 
wins and losses here, which is something they stayed away from for the most part last season. And they also are saying that both teams' players will not receive their salary. You want to talk about peer pressure. I mean, you're sitting out there making a stance on being uh, against the vaccine. You don't want to get it for whatever reason. You get an outbreak. You're involved in that outbreak. Not only you are losing a paycheck, which could be, I mean, some of these players are making a million dollars a game. They're losing that money, and the opponents are losing that money. There is a lot of peer pressure. This is, this is built on heavy, heavy layers of peer pressure to get players vaccinated. And so far, uh, they uh, are for the most part, but there are some players that are holding out. And I wonder whether these rules will actually hold up when under the microscope of reality. I mean, they're really, really strict. And I, it's hard to imagine the Players Association going along with some of them. But one of the big high-profile uh, people in the NFL, one of the NFL's stars, DeAndre Hopkins, he has been outspoken against the vaccine. And he tweeted this and then deleted it. He said, never thought I would say this, but I'm being put in a position to hurt my team because I don't want to partake in the vaccine. It's making me question my future in the NFL. He helpfully tagged the NFL there, so they were very aware that it happened, and it was almost immediately deleted. But still, why would a guy currently under a five-year, $94 million contract, talking about, you know, why would he be talking about walking away? Just because he doesn't want to spend a, you know, half hour getting a shot. Let me propose an answer to that question. Why would he do that? Let me propose an answer to the left. Maybe to the media. This is just, I'm going to throw this one out there. Maybe he actually believes you. Maybe he actually believes you when you say that the country he lives in is inherently and structurally racist. Maybe he actually believes you when you say that law enforcement officers sit around and dream up new ways to kill black people and get away with it. Maybe he actually believes you when you say that he is basically sitting at the end of a gun with white people itching to pull the trigger at any moment. Maybe he actually believes you when you say the Trump administration that funded this vaccine's development is the Nazi regime recreated. Except, of course, instead of hunting Jews, they want DeAndre Hopkins and people who look like him dead. Maybe he actually believes you when you said the Trump administration was evil and they remember the face of the vaccine effort being Anthony Fauci, who is still the face of that effort. Maybe they actually believe you. You see... If you're in the media, you might know that you're lying about all that crap. But maybe some of these players and other minority citizens in this country actually take it seriously. Maybe if some of them, I don't know, don't know that you're lying. Think of the way the United States is presented to African Americans in this country. Basically, picture the KKK getting control of an entire nation. That's it. Remember, it's Jim Crow 2.0. So what would you expect them to think about a government-sponsored vaccine? Do you think they're going to trust it? Maybe they would if instead, I don't know, you talked about the amazing and historic effort put in by the Trump administration to make this happen. But then you'd have to give them some credit. And the media would rather have their talking point than have this pandemic end. America. 
So have you subscribed to the Stu Does America podcast yet? I mean, you're either watching it or listening to it right now. Why aren't you subscribed? It's completely free, completely entertaining and informative and completely accessible at StuDoesAmerica.com. What are you waiting for? I'd really appreciate it. Thank you so much. And speaking of podcasts, it's always great to have the one, the only Brian Sack on the program. He's one of the hosts of the Questionable Material podcast with Jack and Brian. Uh, you should already be subscribed to it. If not, make sure you do that today. Brian Sack, how are you, my man? Good. How are you, Stu? Very well, very well. Um, so I'm listening to your podcast recently. And you guys, if you've never listened to uh, Questionable Material, it's really, really freaking funny. And Brian and Jack are awesome together. And they go through a lot of times, you know, you guys have a, a questionable rea- uh, relationship with facts at times because it's a comedy podcast. Yes. So you'll say things at times that I can't tell <laughs> if you're serious or if you're kidding. Yeah, that's one of the most common comments we get from people. It's like, when you said this, was that true? Yeah, and you know, I've known you for years and I still can't tell. Uh, And that's one of the things that makes it so funny. But I'm listening to you a couple weeks ago and you're talking about a story uh, about with your kid and their school. And you mentioned that your school has gone through a battle with critical race theory. And my first question was the question that everyone has. Is this actually serious? Did this actually happen? That actually happened. Yeah, that was um, that was a true thing. Um, and uh, yeah, in June, one of the teachers from the school came forward as a whistleblower and, and basically uh, made a video and, and announced uh, what was going on and announced her resignation from the school. And that was kind of a wake up call to a lot of parents uh, that something was amiss. And, uh, you know, I'd kind of followed it for a few years because I knew they had uh, somebody like a diversity, equity, inclusion person on there. And I know those people are kind of ideologues and activists and they do stuff. I just hadn't realized the extent uh, to you know, the, 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 I would say, damage that had been done until uh, this uh, teacher came forward. A very much like teacher who had uh, very cleverly gotten a, a rave review from the school administration prior to resigning. Mm. And I'll, is she um, uh, her, her she's kind of the hero of the story, I think, in a lot of ways. But I want to get into her letter here in a second. Sure. But before we do that, like, you know, you are not like what I would describe as this person who's going to get all upset and start throwing things against the wall and show up at every school meeting. And every time someone says something bad about uh, America's history, you're going to, uh, you know, to to threaten the school board like you're a guy who reads a lot, who is under who is comfortable with viewpoints that don't agree with them. Yeah. Why? Why did this hit you so hard? Because, I mean, well, first of all, it's it's dealing with the children uh, and it's indoctrination, not education. And it's not what you sign up for, especially if you're you're paying for a private school. Um, and, and you know, the, the things I know about this ideology and what this uh, teacher has alleged about the ideology and, and what teachers at the school have literally said in, in their seminars and their, in their, you know, their workshops uh, is is profoundly alarming. So, yeah, I'm not I'm a fairly rational person. Uh, and it just shows the extent to which when this stuff reaches average folks, uh, the reaction they have to it is very understandable because it's not good stuff. And you're seeing that in more and more schools, uh, you know, public and private, where the parents are coming into contact with this ideology and they very rightly don't like it because it's extremely misanthropic and, and cynical and definitely negative on American history. <laughs> it really is. Uh, let me give you yeah. a, 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 the audience here a couple of lines here from this uh, resignation letter, which is really powerful. And I, I put myself in the position of this teacher, and it just it makes you sad. 
Here's someone who's yeah. worked really hard their whole life to educate children, and they've got to deal with this. Um, it talks about the school's ideology requires students to see themselves not as individuals, but as representatives of a group, forcing them to adopt the status of privilege or, or victimhood. As a result, students arrive in my classroom accepting this theory as fact. People born with less melanin in their skin are oppressors, and people born with more melanin in their skin are the oppressed. Men are oppressors, women are oppressed, and so on. This is the dominant and divisive ideology that is guiding our adolescent students. I mean, yeah. that, uh, it, it makes you just, uh, you know, I, I felt so sad for the teacher in this moment. Yeah, I mean, my son had her, his, my older son had her his freshman year and really liked her and she really liked him. And, uh, and she's a very good teacher. She has a good reputation. She did get a really good review before leaving. Um, you know, so this is not some kind of, you know, reactionary or crank or somebody who's, who's angry and, and, and leaving and, and saying, I mean, she, you know, she documented a lot of this stuff. She was, you know, she took a lot of information with her and she's, you know, she shared it. And as a parent to look at that and to see faculty members discussing, uh, what was it deprogramming white identitarian boys? Mm. Uh, that's frightening stuff, you know, it's, it's, and it's certainly not what anybody signed up for when they said, I'm going to send my kid to a good school to get a good education. I know you, uh, over the years, we've talked about this before, where you, obviously you're married to someone from Poland uh, and and you were very familiar with the communist uh, ideology and that whole yeah. region. Um, it's true. And it's like it's one of the things that I thought hit me in, in the letter in particular was this idea of self-censorship. It's not always yeah. explicit, right? It's not some kid necessarily coming out and saying, I love the flag and the red, white, and blue, and then saying, no, 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 uh, boy or girl. It's the opposite of that in a way. It makes the kids censor themselves before they even begin speaking, which to me is the absolute worst thing here. I mean, you, you, you're, you're, you're censoring kids into silence. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I know my kids have told me they have just not said things because they don't feel comfortable speaking. Uh, I know, you know, uh, Dana Stangleplow, the the teacher who came forward, she has mentioned numerous circumstances where you know people have you know kids have just kind of bit their tongue. That I think she re she received a few letters that um, from students thanking her for coming forward and saying, yeah, no, you know, I I feel like I can't say anything. That there's only one opinion that you can have, and to to have a different opinion is heresy. And because you know, in, in many ways, this ideology is a religious movement. I mean, it's a very it's, you know, it, it requires a lot of faith and the people who really uh, proselytize are true believers and they really want to convert you and they get really, really mad if you don't want to be converted. Yeah. I, from the uh, from her letter, uh, I've heard from students who don't participate in discussions for fear of being ostracized. One student did not want to develop her personal essay about an experience she had in another country for fear that it might mean that she was without even realizing it racist. Yeah, we are. And it makes you terrified. Yeah, you're terrified to say it. you don't know when you go. It's kind of like on your Stalinism where, you know, anything could get you in trouble. And that was kind of the idea. You just so you just kind of did what you were told, but you never knew what you're you know, you, you could do the right thing, wrong thing. You never know. Mm. Um, and it's it is a very similar kind of vibe. Now, I will say, Brian, as I'm going through this, there's a part of me that like comes on and does a stupid podcast every day and says, you know, I can't believe these things would happen. Uh, these are terrible. There's another part of me that's a parent and is lazy and really doesn't want to have to think about switching my kid out of school and trying to talk them into it and dealing with like moving and driving to a new place. Is there any part of that that crosses your mind or am I just a terrible person? Yeah, now I was really hoping that we, I could get through, you know, his his 
coming four years. You know, I, I kind of watched the the diversity, equity, inclusion lady doing her thing. Uh, I had, she went by doctor, so I had pulled up her dissertation because those are always available. You know, when somebody's a doctor, sure. and and you know, it was not particularly um, understandable. It was a lot. It was three hundred and nineteen pages of just buzzwords, mm -hmm. uh, but all the right buzzwords. You know, decolonize, blah blah blah, privilege, uh, and uh, you know the. I kind of, I didn't think that she was accomplishing as much. I kind of thought that the school administration was more kind of keeping her worst instincts at bay. But I think when the, when the teacher came forward, you know, I realized, and a lot of parents uh, realized that maybe that's not the case. And, and maybe, I mean, you know, there's been influenced on, on hiring decisions, uh, the curriculum, uh, books being dropped. Uh, there, there was a class, you know, they made, they took away some academic time to put in a class called seminar which is an ideology camp class. I mean, it's basically introduction to this ideology. Um, you know, so it's it's had an effect. It really has. And it's not what I want. I want my kid to learn. I want my kid to know, you know, science, history, math, everything. I I'm, And once again, nobody has a problem with teaching, you know, the bad parts of American history. Because I know some people dismiss this. Oh, you just don't want to teach about slavery. It's had nothing. There's nobody I know who, who would not want to talk about the, the bad things in our country's past and any country's past. Uh, this is this is much deeper than that. This is an ideological movement, and it's one that people don't like and get really annoyed with when they when they encounter it and, and realize what it is. Yeah, it feels like it, it, this is one of those things that just hits people in the face. You know, I, we've talked about it with a bunch of different issues. And, you know, the the the, uh, the trans people in sports is another one, I think, that hits parents in a weird way. It's just like, wait a minute, yeah. this seems completely bonkers to me. You're going to take my kid, my daughter, and have them go against someone who's a biological male? This is right. ridiculous on its face. And I think a lot of this stuff, I mean, we, I like to post some of these with your permission here, Brian. I mean, some of the some of the documents uh, that that you yeah sent. that's all that's all out there on the the fair uh, fear for all website oh, uh, fearforall.org yeah. fearforall.org and we'll, yeah. we'll 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 link to them because I, this is stuff that just hits people at home wait a minute yeah. I'm I've spent my entire life trying to raise my kids to treat people with different skin colors equally and what yeah. you're telling me is to you're telling my kids when I send them to you to do the opposite and in this case I'm paying you to do it it's yeah. just completely and nuts. It, you know, it, it angers you because it's you're you're teaching people, young kids, to look at everything through a prism of, of race and identity and you know gender, sexuality, and everything instead of just getting along. You're splitting people up into all these different tribes, and and you're pitting them against one another. And it, it's it's. Did I mention I do a comedy podcast? Because <laughs> I haven't made one joke. <laughs> <sighs> this is what the and, podcast and, is like every week, guys. It's just Brian <laughs> ranting right wing propaganda. That's all it is. Yeah, uh, and that's this is this is this is across the spectrum. <laughs> you will find people from all you know all across the political political spectrum who do not like this stuff. No, it's very true. It's very true. And I you know I think it, it's one of those things where uh, parents look at this, and I think a lot of times are hesitant because we do live in a society that sometimes sometimes appropriately. Seeds uh, a little bit of authority to experts, right? And I can understand that. There's nothing wrong with doing that in certain circumstances. But w quite often, we feel like you know, like it's our kids' education. We 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 get them there every morning. Like I'm I'm always excited when I, my kid makes it through the weekend. Like I, I kept them alive this weekend. It's like always a positive thing to me. You send them off to school. That's my job. It, it, we can't do that anymore. We we now live in a country where this stuff is is uh, I think penetrated so deeply. You cannot mm -hmm. be hands off on this stuff. 
No, you and, and you know, and I'm not yet. Like you said before, I'm not one of these people who's out there screaming at uh, PTA meetings or anything. Yeah, uh, but this is a this has gone too far. Uh, one more kind and of it needs to be addressed. One more thing, and and you you can you know you've you can put in tons of jokes in this answer. This is the one time I've scheduled here for joke answers. Thank you. But as an as an individualist, I am an individualist. Like I, that's I do not see people as members of groups. I think that's just completely antithetical to the American experience and foundation. Like I hate that. But like we are in a world where the tribalism thing has grown on both sides. People no longer see themselves as individuals. And when this stuff po- pops in here, I think you know it might not be. Uh, The right might see this as bad just because it's the left view of tribalism and groupthink. But like this stuff exists on the other side, too. And until we can kind of get back to this idea of thinking of ourselves as individuals and not just giant, you know, representatives of giant monolithic groups. I don't know how we cure this stuff. Yeah, I guess it's by uh Turning your comedy podcast into just an angry diatribe. Yes. <laughs> I don't know how many months. How many months can I pull that off? <laughs> this is where the money is. I tell you, you got to go. The, it, the money is angry right wing rants that get you deplatformed. That's where all the money is, Brian. I guess so, but yeah. I, I'm not even right wing. I'm just kind of this, you know, unhappy centrist. No, you, know, you are I mean, now. Everybody, you when everybody you disagree with this, you are right wing, Brian. Very tr- you're right. Mm-hmm. I'm a, a white nationalist. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, supremacy loving jerk. Well, I I do of course appreciate you. Uh, this is Brian Sack, a host of the alt right podcast, uh, questionable <laughs> material <laughs> with Jack and Brian. In all, ser- in all seriousness, we brought Brian on because this is a really interesting and serious topic. But Brian's podcast with Jack is freaking awesome, and I love it. It's one of the funniest ones out there. And uh, listen to him for that stuff, and then we'll invite him on here so he can do his alt right rants. That's right. All right, That's- Brian. Thanks so much for coming on, man. Thanks, Stu. Thanks for joining me on another beautiful week of Doing America. Only this week, I'll be doing it in 119 degree heat here in Texas. Fun. Anyway, cool down with a nice dip into my Instagram page. Just head to Stu Does America and our account. Give us a follow and enjoy all the exclusive picks and content your eyes can handle. Plus, the link in the bio will take you to all the places where you can stream this stupid little show absolutely free. You know, they have the, they've been doing a lot of these like reels and stuff of the show of you know me saying ridiculous things out of context or dumb you know little rants and they just clip them in like 10, 15 second uh, pieces. If you see one of those that you think would be funny out of context, drop it in the comments, uh, either on the YouTube page or Instagram or Twitter, wherever you want. And uh, <laughs> we might pull one of them because some of them are particularly ridiculous. If you haven't seen those at the Studios America page, I think you'll, you'll enjoy them. Um, let me give you a couple of updates on, on the vid. Yes, the COVID still here, still getting mask mandates. It's all still happening. Uh, will it ever end? I don't know. I will tell you, if I live in a blue city, I don't know that it's ever going to end at this point. I hope it will end at some point. I do feel like being shielded a little bit in a red state uh, gives me a weird perspective on this stuff. This has been this way for a while. We've talked about it a bunch of times. There are two Americas. Uh, there have been for the past year. You know, Maybe the first few months we were all kind of on equal footing. Texas, I mean, I went out to dinner with my family on May 1st, 2020 to a restaurant that was open. It was only 25% capacity, but it felt, well, that, that particular meal felt very, very weird. I will be honest with you. Uh, but after a few weeks and months of that, it kind of got back to normal. It started feeling normal just with less traffic. 
Life in Texas has been normal for a long time. And if you happen to be in New York or California or St. Louis, well, you may feel a little bit different about that and, and, and things may be changing again. I do think we're going to get a lot more cases than we have right now. We're in the middle of this sort of Delta run up. I know everyone talks about it, but what was predicted beforehand that Delta would become the dominant variant has basically happened. It's over 80% of the cases being detected right now, and we do expect a bunch of cases to come. The difference will be, hopefully, with the vaccines, about 90% uh, of, uh, of elderly people have at least one shot. I think it's about 80% fully vaccinated. That should cut down the deaths in a very big way if this holds. If the vaccines are as effective as I think they are, you're going to see those death rates instead of 4,000 a day a lot less, but they're going to go up from where they are now, which is a few hundred uh, about this point. I do expect it to raise a little bit. Uh, St. Louis is seeing that coming. A lot of people are seeing this coming. St. Louis is going to mandate masks indoors, regardless of vaccination status, and they're going to recommend masks outdoors, but not mandate them. There is absolutely no science to outdoor masking, as we've discussed many times on this program. You can go back to a show we did called Stu Does Masks, which I went through, I think, 12 to 12 or 13 different studies on masks to break down exactly what they said. Uh, you can go back and do that if you want. I will say uh, that this is going to happen in blue areas where they have control. We're seeing this through the federal government as well. They're not lifting the mask mandates on planes because Joe Biden's got control of that stuff and he's going to keep it all uh, in place. We're seeing some form sort of of mask or, or vaccination mandates in some of these bluer areas. You know, I wouldn't exactly call these uh, mandates uh, vaccine mandates. Some of the healthcare facilities are doing it. There's a report uh, from New York City today that the city is going to be doing this with some city employees. However, the mask mandate is basically if you're vaccinated, um, you can come in, do as you as you normally would. If you're not vaccinated, you just have to have a weekly test. Now, as someone who has had many, uh, many uh, rapid antigen tests, they've come a long way. The first one I had, basically, they poked the back of my skull with a with a toothpick. It was not pleasant at all. Uh, my daughter recently had to get a home test now, which are available in every CVS, every Walgreens around you for like thirty dollars and they, for two or three pack. And basically, it's a quick swab of the nose, but not way up there, just at the very edge. Uh, 15 minutes, you know, it's in a very easy. And they're now very widespread, very available everywhere. So, you know, I don't know if you have, if you if you really don't if you really care about the vaccine, getting one test a week. I don't know that that really bothers you all that much, other than the fact that you might find it mildly annoying. But St. Louis is now putting that into effect. Uh, Jennifer Rubin, who is so conservative, she's a conservative columnist. Everyone knows her from the Washington Post, the conservative out there who hasn't liked anything a conservative has done in the past decade, seems like. Uh, I don't even think she really calls herself a conservative anymore. She is saying it is time for vaccine entry passes. Now, this is happening around the world. And I kind of got interested in this a little while ago because there's a lot of fear, particularly among conservatives here in the United States, of widespread vaccine mandates or widespread vaccine passports. And I thought to myself, uh, vaccine passports have happened. For example, Israel has them. Uh, a lot of places have them for travel. Um, but have there been any countries in the world that have actually mandated vaccines for everyday citizens? Has that occurred in any country on Earth? The answer to that sort of yes. There's been two countries that have done it in some form or another. Uh, Indonesia and Turkmenistan are the two. 
no one else, no Western developed democracy has attempted this yet. Uh, and hopefully it never comes to that. I do think, though, we're going to see, and we'll, we'll see a spike. I think we went through this on Friday show. If you want to go back and look at the UK and the details behind, behind the UK spike, very good news on that front over the past few days, as that does seem like we hit a peak there uh, in the UK. And those numbers continued to fall over the past few days. That looks like the worst of that outbreak has passed. And again, as we discussed, we're talking about 93% decrease in deaths from the past two previous two outbreaks to the last one in the UK. A massive, massive difference, a totally different outbreak because they have 95% of their elderly people vaccinated. These are the things that conservatives argued early on. If you could protect the elderly, you know, even if some young people do get it, it's not gonna be that big of a deal. That seems to be what's going on now in the UK. I think that's what we'll see here as well. Uh, God willing, I hope so. Uh, there's a, been a lot of talk about the vaccine and, and we mentioned it in the monologue today about how conservatives are, quote unquote, suddenly saying that they like the vaccine. Of course, we showed you evidence of both Joe Biden and Kamala Harris showing all sorts of skepticism about the vaccine. And there have been many people. Some people have been skeptical. Some people have not. I mean, if you watch the Blazes coverage, you kind of see uh, both sides of that on various shows. And that's great. I think that's a great conversation and people should should talk about this stuff, um, even though I'm not as skeptical as some other people. I think it's great that there are people who pushing back against things like vaccine passports and vaccine uh, mandates because you need to have the pro-freedom argument is the most important argument, whether no matter what you feel about uh, mandates. Uh, the Biden White House has uh, talked to, to Fox News, at least that's the report, about its host's bid to erode trust in the COVID-19 vaccine. Now, I don't know if they played the clips of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris in that particular effort. Tucker Carlson has been one who's uh, spoken out a, a lot about this and, and asked a lot of questions. You should be able to ask questions, frankly. That shouldn't, that shouldn't warrant a call from the White House. Um, you know, I, you know, I think it's important to just, you know, tell, tell the truth as you see it. And I, you know, I'm still at that old school here, guys. I'm still at the old school where I believe more speech is better than less speech. That's more voices are better than fewer voices. I still believe that. I don't know if anyone else does anymore. I think if you're here, maybe you do, but I don't know if there's anyone outside of our little club anymore. It may just be us. I don't think you should be shutting down speech, even speech that's completely wrong. Uh, you know, there's the rules, of course, about libel and things of that nature that, that cross a certain line, but that line is really hard to cross. I mean, you go back to the founding documents, there were founders who advocated that it was literally okay to land, uh, libel and slander people uh, because we should just have more voices to try to cure it. it they went that far. We have some laws, but those laws, those guardrails are way out there. And that's the right way to go. Um, one more thing I want to, I've been highlighting people who I think have found good ways to talk about the vaccine, unlike people like Fauci are doing these days, unlike Jen Psaki, and, and we played the clip of Biden mocking Republicans for recommending the vaccine. What do you want to happen here? You, I don't even understand. Sarah Huckabee Sanders, who's running for governor of Arkansas, uh, I thought talked about this in an interesting way. She said, um, she got herself uh, vaccinated months ago with what she called the Trump vaccine. Sanders, uh, of course, the uh, former spokesperson for uh, President Trump from 2017 to 2019, uh, rallied against the misinformation thrown at me by politicians and in the media before uh, making the call. Uh, she said in an opinion piece, this is the M uh, Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Uh, she said, uh, what I found was simple. She asked, she talked to her doctors and, and, and decided to, to go ahead with the, what she called the Trump vaccine. 
Um, Dr. Fauci and the because science says so crowd of arrogant, condescending political and bureaucracies were wrong about more than their mandates and shutdowns that have inflicted incalculable harm on the people of our country. Uh, She says, based on the evidence of my doctor, I determined that the benefits of getting vaccinated outweigh the potential risks. I was also reassured after President Trump and his family were vaccinated. If getting vaccinated was safe enough for them, I felt it was safe enough for me, says Sarah Huckabee Sanders. And I think that's that's an important point. It's also important to make sure you talk to your doctor and see what they say. They know your health better than anybody. Go to your doctor. Next time you're in there, you're getting a checkup or whatever. If you're on the fence on this thing, ask them. Don't ask some stupid host on Fox News or on The Blaze. Don't ask, uh, don't ask, you know, Anthony Fauci, who's just going to yell at you, or Jen Psaki, who might come to your house with a needle. Ask your doctor. See what they say and see how, uh, how they feel about it. I think that's, you know, we've always talked about that as conservatives. That you should, don't get in the, in the way of my relationship with my doctor. Because that's an important relationship to people. So go ask your doctor, see what they say, and then make your own friggin' decision. This is America. Back in a second. There we are in Cuba. Well, it's not in Cuba. It's about Cuba in front of the White House uh, looking for freedom and maybe some assistance from, I don't know, this giant republic that is so close to them. Uh, That is the scene at the White House this weekend, and we still are hoping for the best for Cuba. But, man, it it gets every day that goes uh, goes by with that regime still in power feels like an eternity. Um, before we move on, I want to tell you, we, you can watch the show every night on uh, YouTube. Uh, it's free. Studosamerica.com, you can get the link there. You can also comment under the show at any point. Number one, I like it because it entertains me. Number two, it also shows the evil YouTube uh, robots that people are engaged with this show. So we really like when you comment because it helps us uh, get the show shown to other people on the YouTubes. Uh, here's a couple comments for you. Uh, Guardians, Cleveland Guardians, uh, they renamed their name uh, to Guardians. Uh, from the Indians, and uh, Stephen writes in, Guardians is offensive to orphans. That's right, we have to ban Guardians now. Hopefully that happens uh, before the end of the day. Uh, Alan writes, our politicians down here in Australia are useless clowns who overreact over nothing. That is, uh, does seem to be true. We went through that uh, whole situation in Australia on Friday's program. Make sure to go back and check it out. Uh, Your reviews are also appreciated. Five stars is the appropriate number of stars, however. That's very, very important. And even if you write something like this in the review, I can still deal with it. Uh, The worst five-star show. This is a five-star waste of time. That's fine. The bottom line is five freaking stars. Thank you so much. Uh, And this one, five stars because I only give five stars because that means four stars less for everyone else. And that's true. That's the most important thing. Giving us a good review and a rating does not only help us, it hurts others. And that's the most important thing you can do with your day. Um, So we have the Cuba thing out of the way. Uh, I don't know if they have anybody in the Olympics. Maybe they do from Cuba. I'm not sure if they could afford the flights. Uh, It doesn't seem to be an operating economy at this point. But that being said, they're not missing much. The Olympics have historically low ratings, um, averaging uh, 15.3 million viewers. Now, that's still a good number between uh, NBC, USA, NBCSN, and CNBC. But they're still way down uh, from five years ago. About 8 million less viewers or fewer viewers than we saw in Rio. And people were talking about that. There was a buzz about that. There's no buzz about this game, this series of games right now. Part of this is because these are sports we don't really care about. There's a 
a passion about the Olympics as a patriotic event, but as a sporting event, eh, one of the sports that actually does make a difference when it comes to the ratings of the Olympics in the summer is basketball. Going back to the Dream Team, huge, huge audiences every single year, basically so that we can see the United States beat the crap out of everybody. We love watching that. However, now we have a different situation. A situation where NBA players sit around all day and, and protest the flag and tell us, uh, you know, preach to us on the court. Every press conference is about some person they'd never heard of two days earlier who they feel have been wronged by police or whatever has gone on. Uh, shockingly, that team is put together a big fat loss to France. First loss in the Olympics since 2004. They lost 83 to 76 to France. It was a 25 game Olympic winning streak uh, set back to 2004 for Team USA. Uh, and then uh, they lost eh, relatively handily, could not make wide open jump shots. And I don't think there's a huge surprise here. There's something about this. There's, where's the passion? Are you really fighting for your country if you're one of these NBA players? Do you really care? I mean, why would you care? You think it's a terrible country, has a flag that's stained with blood, that's the only way you see it. Then you go uh, fight, uh, you know, overseas for what? I mean, I guess to, you know, to 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 improve your your sneaker deal when you come back. I mean, what's the what's the point anymore? There's no more of that us versus them mentality. That's that's a huge part of the Olympics. And you get woke, and you become woke, and you're focusing on that all the time. You become weak. We've said this before and uh, over and over again. Wokeness is weakness, and it now applies uh, to the NBA players over there playing in in uh, in the Olympics. Are they going to win? I don't know. I, I, they should. The team has tons of talent, plenty of offensive ability. They should have no problem scoring more than 76 points. It's an embarrassment. But you know what? Maybe they're focused on other more important things, like the, the you know, some, some, some group they heard of on a blog yesterday. Some, somebody tweeted uh, some terrible oppression situation that that's all they can think about now. Uh, I don't know what it is, but it doesn't seem like they're thinking too much about basketball. There's some advice that is just crosses all party lines and it's really important. I like to say it this way. Don't be an idiot. Don't be a LeBron. It's all available at don'tbealebron.com. You get the mug, get the shirt, go to studosmerch.com. All the items you could possibly want to make yourself better than everyone else. Speaking of basketball, I know we talk about the Olympics a little bit. Have you seen the robot sinking shots from all over the court? Watch. First to three. Lines it up. Robot switches the three. Now the robot, instead of walking, skates creepily back to half court. We, we cut the video off before this, but he eventually laser eyes all the people and they all die. But that's a different part of the video. Here he is from half court, picks up a basketball. Fires from half court. Here it goes and drills it. I mean, that is, I will say, legitimately impressive. It's great that we've taught Skynet, the Skynet to actually pay, play sports. That's going to be good. All the Terminators are going to be like dunking nukes on our government. I will say this. Maybe their robot league will be ruined by Robot Lives Matter just like ours was. Mm, we can only hope. <laughs> 